Hello there. Welcome to Art Cinema Fart Cinema's Goodies. And what is a goodie in the Art Cinema Fart Cinema world? A goodie is a, a little recommendation that we do on this show when we're not doing the main show, which is where we talk about bad films. Oh, uh, oh. I'm Nadim. I'm Simon. And this week, Simon is going to recommend... <gasps> Frank Henenlotter's Frankenhooker. <laughs> it's a real film. Frankenhooker. Was made in what year? Uh, 1990. It was when it was released. I think it was 89 when it was in production. You know? I haven't seen this film. Could you tell me a little bit about it, please? Right, so Simon. Frank and Hooker, right? Uh, uh, to, I'll, I'll explain the plot in an anecdote about how it was kind of made as well, because it's quite funny, because Frank Henelotter talks about how he brought a script to a guy with his finger on the button, production-wise, you know, you can make get money together and stuff. With a finger had, on his nipple. Yeah, yeah he, had his, he had his script together for a film, I can't remember the title of it, and the guy read it and said, it's a great script, it's a great idea, but there's no fucking way. You know, it must have been too strange or something. And he just went, what else do you, what, what else do you got? Like that. And Frank Henlock was like, I can't just say, well, nothing. So, if you believe him, if you believe stories like this... When He's making the him, myths. He had to... Look around the room and come up with Frankenhooker on the spot. He says, <laughs> and he says, "Well, what about? I've got this idea. Uh, a guy, his girlfriend gets killed by a souped-up lawnmower at a birthday party, and uh, he's very much in love with her. And he's a basement-dwelling pseudo scientist with like uh, beacons and <laughs> test tubes in his in his mum's basement, uh, and he uh, p- plots to." Uh, Rebuild her with uh, parts of of dead hookers who are all addicted to crack, <laughs> and the guy just like laughed all the way through the description of this film. Said, "What are you going to call it?" And he just went, "Oh, Frankenhooker." <laughs> and apparently, when he left the office, he had to write. He, he had to like grab a pen and notepad from some like the first like news agents or whatever, mm. and like write, and write it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what he wrote he was like, "I'll forget this if I leave it till when I get home." So he wrote it down and. Uh, yeah, that's how Frankenhooker started. The genesis was in one of those weird moments where you don't have an idea, but you kind of feel like, well, you know what? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to just like say <laughs> no. Nah. Person say nothing. I'm just, I'm just going to like leave and say thanks very much for your time. But I don't. I only had one idea, and you just uh, stamped on it. So Frankenhooker, uh, it's a it's a horror comedy from 1990, and uh, it's a very stylish kind of ode to. Uh, the universal type films of like of obviously Frankenstein. It's also got a bit of an American grindhouse thing in there as well in the seventies. But you know the story that I've just described about you know dead hookers and building uh, a, a woman a woman out of a dead woman. <laughs> this is such a you film. <laughs> it's actually it's actually surprisingly not mean spirited. And I know that you're not going to believe me, but <laughs> generally speaking, this film has got the sort of cult status of like a film that you know you. Get a girlfriend to watch this. She'll be like, "That was that was really funny." <laughs> okay, so right. it's actually really quite. This isn't a mainstream film, though. Not quite. No, it didn't quite get that one. But the, the, I mean, a lot of people. The star of the film is actually James Lawrence, who was in a film you really didn't like called Street Trash <laughs> from last season. But he's in this film as the star, and he was like, "I really think that this film should have played a mainstream crowd, and they didn't give it the, the chance to." I mean, it's uh, called Frankenhooker. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing, and it's actually there's a great quote that I wrote down from the uh, audio commentary. <laughs> Frank Henelotter says, "This was this was my third film. 
it's after Basket Case, which is like a cult classic horror film, and Brain Damage, which is also a much nastier and grittier uh, cult film than, than Frankenhooker is. This was my third film. Whatever credibility I was going to have went out the window when I decided to make a film called Frankenhooker. <laughs> I'd rather make Frankenhooker than be taken seriously. What do I need to be taken seriously for? <laughs> and, and, and just like, that's great. That's like That shows you the kind of balls out attitude that this guy's got very sick um, and uh, you know this film when you get into the thick of it it looks brilliant it actually it's I mean it's, it must be pretty low budget but this is a guy who made basket case on fuck all money and now when he's given like maybe two million quid in 1989 he makes a really really good looking movie saturated colours stylish compositions well lit just great I think that it's a film that is underrated even though it's fairly highly rated. Mm. I was actually quite surprised the the guy that did the uh, the special effects for it. He says that when it came out and this is after, you know, wobbly beginnings and you're thinking, you know, wait a minute, this is a film that's got, you know, dubious kind of the synopsis just kind of says this is like a trashy bad joke type movie. Uh, the critics, by the end of its critical run and get, getting all the critics to see it, there was a lot of critics that said this has actually got a lot of stuff that we, we want to see uh, films moving towards. <laughs> this is a transformative piece of cinema. Yeah. And you know what I think it is, right? I, I, he didn't go into it too much because it wasn't really an interview about that, the, the special effects guy. Mm-hmm. But he just basically mentioned it that, you know, there were some critics that really said this is the way that we want cinema to go. Yeah. And maybe what they were talking about is the fact that there's actually, like, the actress whose name, I think it's is it Katie Mullins or something, I don't even know what her name is, right? Is this the person who plays Frank? Frank yeah, Frankenhooker herself. The title character is played by a very attractive actress. She's like got model good looks, like like she, she could be a model, a supermodel. But she's also really funny. She's actually got uh, physical comedy down to a little like pre Jim Carrey art, you know, better than you know than some Jim Carrey films. She walks around going, want a date? And people will just like, you know, like react really strangely to her, you know, because she's a Frankenhooker. And then she'll just go and push them out of the way and she'll like, like twinge with her face and yeah, stuff. And so it's not, like, it's not going the, the B-movie, the kind of B-movie trope of, of like it being a generically attractive woman whose only virtue in the film is being... Is being attractive. attractive right? She's actually this, cool. She's actually this hilarious physical comedian and she plays like... The character when she's alive and the character when she's dead and but even after she's dead her brain at some point kicks back into her old self again and she's all like what did you do to me sort of thing you know all of that it goes through all of those arcs with her so i think that that's maybe what they were talking about is the fact that they actually like got hold of like uh, someone that was was eye candy and then said but you know what we want to see some layers here as well you know maybe that's what they were talking about uh, that you know that the, the eye candy thing didn't get in the way of uh, other elements to this girl's acting ability. Yeah, you know, you know something. When you uh, said you were going to be doing this goodie on Frankenhooker, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a piece of shit movie, right? And mm-hmm. it's just funny to like it. But you've actually convinced me. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to watch it. This film, uh, there's a story that I think is really interesting behind uh, the making of this movie. Right when. Um, it was edited, uh, oh no, the sound editing rather. Obviously this was done on the cheap and every attempt to cut corners, you know, financially it was done. And so they did the they did the sound mixing after hours using a student sort of sound mixer who turned into someone in the career world. It turned out to be really great at that, that job anyway. And they used a, a sound mixing suite after Bill Murray a film that he was in called Quick Change from that year. They were working during the day on their 
bigger budget. And then when it finished, they would run it after them, you know, when it's getting dark outside. Grab the shit. And, uh, and use, the, use the mixing suite to do their stuff. That's cool. Bill Murray must have caught sight of uh, a scene or two of Frankenhooker and became a fan of the film in, this, in the, this, the mixing suite. They were waiting for a... One night they were waiting for Bill Murray to leave so that they could go in and his head came out the door and Bill Murray's like, what are you guys doing out here? And it's like, we're waiting for you to leave. And I was like, I'm waiting for you to come in. Get your <laughs> you know, He ended up like, in, the, in true bat, uh, eligible bachelor style, Bill Murray ended up staying out late playing you know, table tennis with the people that made Frankenhooker uh, in the sound mixing suite, watching the film out of sequence. That's very good. And when uh, the sort of the distributor people caught wind of this, they heard it, they said, oh, we could get Bill Murray to put a quote on the poster. And, if, you know, this is when I kind of have this kind of look in the mirror at myself and think, what am I doing wrong? Because, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with asking Bill Murray that if he's been hanging around all fucking, you know, three months or whatever, <laughs> watching the movie, or three weeks, maybe just one week. And, uh, you know, so he's been hanging about a week, like, watching this movie, chilling out, saying that he likes it. I want to see Real 2 because I didn't actually see that one. If I was the director, I would have asked him for, you know, do you want to do something to promote this film? Ooh. Or do you want to be in it? Or do you want to be in it? Yeah, we'll just edit you in afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You know, all this sort of shit. Apparently Frank Henelotter, though, thought this was so embarrassing and I, I can't, no, I was like, I can't, I can't look at the guy again and stuff like that. So obviously this is what I'm doing wrong in life. Obviously it's not okay to just turn around and say, <laughs> you, I'm doing something that you like. Can you help me out since you're a fucking A-lister? Apparently that's cheap and nasty to do something like that. Mm. But there was a great moment in this, this story that he, he says that he uh, caught sight of Bill Murray up ahead in the street with his son. And uh, he was like, shit, it's Bill Murray and I don't want to see the guy again because I'm still so humiliated over the whole quote thing. So and wait, wait, wait. Did, did he ask for the quote and then Bill Murray said no? But the story's about to finish, right? Okay, okay. Tell me the story. So... Bill Murray's up ahead. They're still they're still in the making of the, uh, the film. Okay, the film's sorry, still not no, come no. out yet. And uh, he's thinking, I need to slow down so that I don't catch up with the guy because I'm still like, don't want to look at him because I feel so bad about this. Uh, it was rude to even ask. It was rude to even ask him. You know, like that. I don't even. I don't think it sounds that rude to ask that sort of thing. So Bill Murray slows is slowing down, and Frank's like, "Fuck! I have to slow down even more because Bill Murray's slowing down." But Bill Murray slows down even more. Bill Murray stops dead in the street. And Frank has to stop, like, maybe 10 yards after him. And it's just like, Frank! And Frank Henlotter's thinking, how can Bill Murray see me? Has he caught sight of me in the reflection of something? You know, totally freaked out, you know. And uh, it turns out that, you know, whatever. He knows that Frank Henlotter's right behind him and he has to confront him. And he does his whole, listen, I'm so sorry I didn't, you know... I I have nothing to do with that. That was just some other, you know, business studio people... You know, and he's like, are you, t- are you telling me the truth? You know, Bill Murray's like, are you telling me the truth? You've got nothing to do with it. He's like, honestly, I swear to God. Okay, just for that, I'm going to give you the quote. So obviously Bill Murray agrees as well that this was like some really like, fuck off guys, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand it. Me neither, dude. Yeah, see, it's a generational thing, I think. I think in, in 1990, people had to pretend that they didn't, you know, want to crawl up each other's butts and over each other and it's big... Yeah, but it's the whole you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Kind of Nowadays, thing. people are so busy making fools of themselves on, what is it, uh, reality TV shows and pop idol this and that and shit, that it's like, it's, it doesn't sound bad to do things like that, but back then, you know... But anyway, if you Google the, the poster for Frankenhooker, it actually has the quote on it. Bill Murray says, if you see one film this year... 
it should be Frankenhooker, which is quite <laughs> funny because, as I said, he he was making quick change. So he's actually saying, you know, if you if you have a quick change, if you have to see one film, forget my film, go and see Frankenhooker. It's much funnier, and I think it is. <laughs>